Welcome to the Love Is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So if you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? Then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate because love is coming for your baby in more ways than one. Hello and welcome. I am so thrilled to be connecting with you in this brand new podcast, Love Is Coming. I believe we are going to have a truly spicy time together. So today's little starter episode, intro episode, starter session, whatever we want to call it, is just simply for those of you who don't yet know me to get to know me a little bit better so you can get an idea of what you can expect from this podcast. So who am I? My name is Persia Lawson. I am a love coach and I am on a mission to help 20 to 30 something women heal their love lives so that they can attract a healthy, soulful, lasting relationship that feels as good as it looks on Instagram. Because in my experience, not all those couples that you see on there, um, you're not seeing the whole picture. Let's just put it that way. So wherever you happen to be at in your love life right now, whether you've been struggling with seeing the rest of your peer group getting engaged, married, pregnant, or you're fresh out of a breakup, or maybe just COVID-19 this year has completely been dicking around with your love life, my goal is to support you and to use this podcast as a space to support you to up-level your love life, to start actually enjoying it. That is possible to not feel like you're constantly on this roller coaster of like like the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows. So the central focus of my work is the belief that the secret to finding real love in a superficial world is that we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for the partner that we want to get and we need to start looking inside of ourselves for the partner that we want to be. Because I really believe that you know nowadays we live in such a what I call an Amazon Prime uh, culture. You know, we want something and we want it like that. And a ro- like a healthy romantic relationship, it just doesn't work like that. And so there we are on the apps and, we, you know, it's like we're, we're kind of trying to order a partner and sifting through like we're online shopping. And just to be clear, I'm not against dating apps, but I am very much believe that it's the intention that we bring to the apps that's really important. Really, it's like our mindset around dating. It's something I am really big on. You know, if we are here simply to see what we can get and who we can get rather than what we can bring, and then we wonder why we're not feeling fulfilled in our romantic lives. So um, I want this podcast to be a space where you really start to think about how you are showing up in your love life in a completely different way. And doing this myself in my own life has really helped me from going from being like the biggest disaster, probably one of the biggest disasters you would have ever come across, romantically speaking, 
uh, particularly, you know, where, where it all really hit the shit hit the fan for me back in 2010 to where I am today, a decade later, which is in the best relationship of my life with my gorgeous fiance, who goes by the name of Joe Wilderness. I'll explain why shortly. Um, and, you know, it's been one hell of a ride. We've been together for over five years now. Um, and I have learned so much in this last decade. I've learned so much from my own experience about what it really takes to get an, an amazing relationship, that one that's not just, you know, you don't just attract it, you actually can sustain it because that's not that easy in the modern world. Um, and I've also learned so much from coaching and, and supporting tons and tons, thousands of women in this journey too, and seeing them creating the most amazing results. We're going to have a few of them coming on the podcast at some point. Um, one of them actually this week has just got engaged, which is just incredible, um, to a guy that she met when she started doing my program a couple of years ago. So it's, um, yeah, to, to put it bluntly, like I really fucking believe in this work. I have seen it transform my life. I've seen it transform so many women's lives. And I really hope that it's going to do the same for you. And this podcast is where um, where I'm going to be sharing some lovely little nuggets that I've learned along the way. So today I'm going to share a bit more on my story of this transformation so that those of you who don't yet know me can kind of get an idea you know, from my own experience. Um, and also, you know, listen out for the things that you relate to. I'm sure there will be a lot of differences, but listen out for the similarities. Um, because, you know, this is what's going to set the foundation for the future Love is Coming podcast episodes. Okay, so without further ado. So growing up, um, I grew up in southwest London, in a place called Kingston upon Thames. Uh, and from the outside, my life looked pretty good. Um, I grew up with a brother and a sister. My parents were together, or they still are together. Um, I had good grades. I was popular. I had boyfriends. Um, you know, I was doing all right. But the reality is, behind closed doors, it was a very different story. Um, this kind of goes back a little bit to that, what I mentioned about Instagram earlier. Like, I think that it's such a sign of the times, isn't it? That, like, you can think you know what's going on with people because of what they present. And actually behind social media, behind the Instagram perfect highlights reel, it can be a very different story. And this was the case for my family. Uh, and this is way before social media. So what was going on is that my parents were struggling for the first sort of 16 years or so of my life. My parents were struggling with drug addiction. And uh, the way I didn't really know what was going on at the time, I just knew something wasn't right. And the way that I dealt with that was I threw myself into my studies. Um, it was like a way of, I guess, a way of control for me and a way of validation, like getting A's was a, a really a way of me feeling better about myself. Um, and I also threw myself into horses. My best friend's family owned a stable nearby. Um, so I would just, any chance I could get, I would just be cuddling these horses and mucking these horses out, grooming these horses and I love them. And then I discovered boys. And uh, that was the most powerful drug of all, way more powerful than horses and getting A-stars put together. Um, because what boys gave me was a, they gave me that validation, that sense of like feeling like I was good enough, feeling like I was worthy and getting noticed. And they also gave me a sense of escape because, you know, I, I didn't feel good at home. And so that sort of adrenaline hit I got from boys from such a young age was just a way of me escaping. 
And I got into this pattern very young of kind of oscillating between the good guy um, who would make me feel really great about myself and who was very adoring. Um, and then I'd very soon get bored of him and I would look around for the nearest sort of bad boy and I would cheat on the good guy with the bad boy and sort of like good guys over there, bad guy, strap myself to him. And then he obviously, you know, inevitably ends up messing me about. Then I look for the closest nice guy around, jump back with him to try and pick up all those pieces and, you know, make myself feel confident again. Um, I also got into a pattern very young of cheating, cheating on every boyfriend I had because I was just, I was just so terrified of, of commitment. I was terrified of intimacy. I was terrified of vulnerability. I was all about the drama. It was all about passion and high intensity in, in my love life, but I just didn't know how to do anything sort of just, you know, normally or with some semblance of balance. Um, and, and then something really interesting happened. My parents actually got sober when I was around 16. And you'd think that like, that's, oh, happy ending. And actually, yes, it was for them. Like my home life changed dramatically. And what felt like was overnight, well, it, it wasn't overnight, but it felt like it was, it was in a very short space of time. Um, and actually, the irony is that when my parents got sober, I got way more destructive. And the reason for this is that as human beings, we will always gravitate towards what is familiar over what is unfamiliar, even if what is familiar is really shitty. It's that whole thing of better the devil you know. It feels familiar. It feels safe. Um, and and also it's that idea of shit stinks, but it's warm, you know? Uh, and we we will tend to pull away from what's unfamiliar, even if that could be totally incredible because it's scary. It's the unknown. So for me, uh, like all addiction, my sort of love addiction, very unhealthy patterns, it was progressive. It got worse and worse and worse. Uh, I really was during my years at university, I was just was getting sabotaging everything, um, acting like a complete nut job a lot of the time. And then, of course, came out of drama, uh, university, pl uh, sort of plunged myself into drama school. Of course, I did. Um, went to the drama center in London, very apt. And it was actually, I mean, I was chaotic as hell there as well. But I was still kind of, I always, whenever I had the education thing there, I could kid myself I was okay because I was doing well in education. It was just, that was my fail safe. It was when I came out of drama school, it all really did go to shit. Um, a few, God, it literally a few weeks after getting my master's in European classical acting from Drama Center. Um, you know, I'd done some cool stuff there. I'd appeared on the globe stage. I'd lived in Moscow and done acting there for a bit. You know, life was, I was doing all right. Um, and very quickly I sabotaged all of that because I ended up working as a hostess in a gentleman's strip club in Mayfair in London, um, which was, you know, God, even saying this feels like, it's, it feels worlds away from where I, where I am now. But I was working there for a bit. And basically what I had to do is we, I, was, I, I wasn't one of the strippers, but what I had to do is get the gentleman to buy me the most expensive bottle of champagne I could get them to. And then I would get a percentage of that. Um, and we were supposed to chuck the champagne in the sink, like in the toilet, and then fill it with like Canada dry ginger beer. Of course, I never did that. I was like, I'm not chucking 450 quid champagne down the bloody sink. You mad? Um, anyway, I digress. So long story short, I was very good at I was very good at getting men to buy expensive champagne and I wasn't getting paid. Um, they were basically management was messing me around. And one of the strippers said, Oh, why don't you come and work in this club in Soho? 
wasn't expecting to go quite so detailed with this, but here we are. Um, so I went to this club in Soho for one night only because I had the most intense, I mean, that was, I remember going, the minute I walked into that club, oh my God, I was like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. This, like, I am out of my fucking depth here. There's a lot of really scary characters, a lot of cocaine going around. Um, it was terrifying. And I basically that night had what can only be described as like a very bizarre sexual assault experience. It took me years to be able to actually say that out loud because I just I just felt so ashamed and embarrassed and appalled. And I, and I didn't want to have to explain where I was when this happened. Um, anyway, the result of that, after that, I went to do an acting job in Shanghai and I actually put on two stone in two months. And ironically, this was my saving grace because everything else I could hide from my family. Um, but I couldn't hide that weight gain. You know, I could hide the drugs. I could hide the men, all of that. And I could just put on this show of like, everything's fine. I'm doing really well. You know, as an actress, I knew how to bullshit, but I couldn't hide that rapid weight gain. And so my parents picked me up from Heathrow and my dad, who, you know, is really into yoga, that's been a big part of his recovery from addiction. He said, oh, how about, would you like to come to Thailand on a, on a, on a yoga sort of health retreat over New Year? And being a skin actress, I was like, absolutely. And it was there on that yoga retreat in Thailand, my dad said something that completely changed the direction of my life. He said, my love, I am really worried about you. I know something's not right. And if there's one piece of advice that I can give you that completely changed my life, it is this. Focus on the insides and the outsides will take care of themselves. Focus on the insides and the outsides will take care of themselves. So following that advice, I mean, he'd probably said it to me before, but I was not in the place to hear it. And that's one of the things I just want to suggest to you. And you may have experienced this yourself. Uh, you may have landed on this podcast, like I have no idea who I am, don't even know why you're here. And yet, for some reason, what I've shared or, or some nugget I've shared with you, um, hopefully you'd see it as a nugget, um, has landed and you've heard it as if for the first time. And that was really the case with me when dad said this. And uh, a few, God, a few days before I actually went on that Thailand trip, I was lying hungover in my best friend's bed and she was in the shower and I looked over to the bookshelf and I can't even explain this. I wonder if you've had a similar experience, like something just got me up and propelled me over to that bookshelf. And I saw this book and my hand just went straight to this book and it was called Women Who Love Too Much. And I thought, God, that sounds shit. But anyway, I opened uh, a random page in the book and my eyes went straight to this a sentence and it said something along the lines of, uh, daughters of drug addicts or alcoholics will tend to inherit a predisposition to dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships with men. Um, and I was like, fucking hell, bloody bang on. And I kept reading and everything in this book was so relevant and significant to me. I thought that I was just a nightmare with men because that's just how I was. And I didn't see that, okay, this is really normal. If you have grown up around addiction or if you've been really badly bullied, any sort of dysfunction, you may have grown up and seen your parents getting really, you know, going through a horrific divorce, and it really affected you. And you've gone on to have really dysfunctional or unhealthy relationships, uh, romantic relationships. It's not just because there's something wrong with you. It's because, you know, this is, this is dealing with the effects of, of trauma. Um, and so my friend gave me that book and said, take it with you to Thailand. And everything in this book, you know, I devoured it. 
And it talked about 12-step recovery, um, a program called Al-Anon for the friends and family of addicts and alcoholics. So what can often happen if you have uh, an addict or an alcoholic in your life, you think that they are the problem. And what you don't realize is that you have been impacted by that addiction. And, you know, for me, I kept going for drug addict or drug dealer boyfriends because that was what was familiar to me. So I I didn't see that actually my attraction to them was something, it wasn't them that was the problem. I needed to look at that in myself. I had to do the healing. My parents had done the healing. They were in an amazing place, but they couldn't do it for me. And this is the thing I want to say to you. If you are an adult, which to say really over the age of 18, or if we want to push it a bit, let's say 21, it's no longer up to your parents. Like it's up to you. It's up to you to take responsibility for the results you are getting or not getting in your life. You cannot keep blaming your childhood or the conditions conditions you grew up in. Not if you want to change things. And listen, there are some, my parents are a prime example, like, but so many people have gone through way worse things than I have. And they have found a way to come through the other side and not just come through the other side, but completely transform their life and absolutely thrive. And it's almost like, if it hadn't been for that really shit thing that happened to them when they were younger, they wouldn't have had that compulsion to, to go a different way. And that's the glory and the brilliance of, of hitting rock bottom as I did back in 2010, because it's only through rock bottom that you will have the willingness to transform. You know, it's basically when, when I think that saying is something like, you know, the pain of, the pain of changing becomes less than the pain of staying the same. And that was absolutely the case for me. So anyway, I get back from Thailand. I end up going to Al-Anon and I also end up going to SLA, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, which was really intense. Um, and I get myself into therapy. I'm reading all the self-help books. Like I, I'm, you know, I've always been the sort of, you know, that sort of eternal student. Once I get into something, I'm fucking in and I'm all, all in. Um, now <laughs> I believe that when the student is ready, the teacher appears and what happened for me is that like, I was getting it theoretically, but it's only when you really have to put it into practice that you fully start to embody the lessons that you're learning. And so for me, several months after getting back from Thailand and getting into recovery, I end up in a fall into a very dramatic styly relationship with um, a guy who in the inner fix is known as Tiger. Um, and I'd known this guy for a long time. And he was actually at that point when we started dating, he was, he'd been out of rehab for six months for um, drug addiction and alcoholism. And for me, that was progress because it's like, well, at least this guy's actually like knows he's got issues and is doing something about it. Um, I write extensively about that relationship and, and the ups and downs and the lessons I learned in um, mine and my friend Joey's book, The Inner Fix. And uh, long story short, because you don't need me to just sort of repeat that whole book, but he ended up cheating on me, which was absolutely fucking horrific, if I'm honest, because it wasn't just the pain of being cheated on. It was the realization of like, oh, my God. I have caused this to so many people in my past and I had no idea because I was numb, I was oblivious, I was self-destructive, I was selfish, I was, you know, I was just all over the fucking shop to be honest. And realizing like kind of waking up to the pain I'd caused other people uh, so irresponsibly was so painful and it was exactly what I fucking needed because it just made me go, I will not do this to someone again. I will never put someone through this again. 
So our relationship came to an end. We were together for a year, but my God, did I learn a lot in that year. And it was, it was such painful break. It was such a painful breakup, but I knew it was the right thing. And I had that moment. I was at that crossroads of like, to deal with this, I can do what I used to do. And I can jump back into, um, you know, find a new guy, end up distracting myself with him and never dealing with this stuff, which just means you're delaying the inevitable. Because at some point you are going to have to deal with your fucking heartbreak and your feelings and your trauma from childhood and whatever else you've had going on. You cannot run forever. My God, did I try. So what I did was I put all that energy that I used to put into obsessing over boys into healing myself to a deeper and deeper level. And whilst in that space, like several months after the breakup, I got given, this is what happens when you start on this journey and you may well already be experiencing this. When you start on this healing journey, a lot of coincidences and synchronicities start to happen. And my God, have I experienced that in my life? And what happened for me is that I was, what started me on this path of the work that I now do is that a friend's, my best friend's uh, dad, who um, has known me since I was like three, he he gave me a ticket, a spare ticket he had to this event. And this event was all about using your gifts to help and serve others, kind of through really online business and entrepreneurship, which at that time, you know, I was an actress. I was like, I don't know how this is relevant to me. And yet I remember going to that event and I was just like, well, fuck me sideways. This is what I meant to do. And I just had, the, it was like, you're going to write this book. I, I got given this vision. It was like, you're going to write this book. You're going to, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You're going to coach women. You're going to speak. And all of those things that I had then, which felt like they were so far away from me and my reality at that time. And yet I just fucking knew this is my path. And I came up with this idea at that event um, a positive lifestyle movement called Addictive Daughter for friends, uh, not for friends, sorry, for, for women going through a quarter life crisis as my, myself and my friend Joey were going through. So we, me and Joey teamed up and we, we started this positive lifestyle movement. And this was back in 2012. So people were doing yoga at this point and drinking green juice, but people weren't really talking about anxiety, depression. They certainly were not talking about being disasters in their love lives. So we put all this, you know, out there and it was terrifying. It was so exposing. And yet we just knew it was important that we were meant to do it. And we ended up getting a lot of press interest from, um, from our work. And that press interest eventually led to a book deal, which went on to become the inner fix. Now we got that deal at the beginning of 2015, and I realized at this time, you know, yes, I've come on so far, but I know I still got a lot of work to do on my love life. So I went even deeper into that journey. And uh, gosh, it was two days after finishing the last chapter, which happened to be the love chapter of The Inner Fix. And I remember I literally had written in that chapter, I can feel I've been doing all this work on my on myself and my love life. And I was like, I, you know, I've been single for a year and a half, which was the longest time I'd ever been single in my life. And I was just like, I can feel that my person is close. I can just feel it, but I'm not going to force it. I'm just going to trust. And uh, anyway, day later, I'm, I'm going to Wilderness Festival in Oxfordshire, where I'd been the year before. Um, but this time I was going to speak at this festival with Joey about the message of our book, The Inner Fix, which happened to be focus on the insides and the outsides will take care of themselves, which was my dad's advice um, years ago when I was in Thailand. So basically at that festival, I, I met Joey Wilderness. And the reason we call him Joey Wilderness is he put his name in my phone uh, as Joey Wilderness. <laughs> 
so I'd remember where I met him and I've just never changed it so um all my friends when I send his number to them because I need to ask him or get something from him uh they just yeah Joey Wilderness that's how we met and that is a whole other story because how we met the only thing you need to know, because I, I'm sharing this in a new book I'm writing, I've shared this in other places on the internet, it's a long story, but fuck me, like, I could not have written a better meet cute, that's what they call it in the movies, um, oh god, it makes me so emotional, I could not have imagined a better love story than what happened. Like I could not, as creative and imaginative as I can be, I could not have written a better love story. And this is what I'm so passionate about is when you make the focus of your life and your love life, instead of trying to find someone else, you put that focus on learning to love yourself and developing the most exquisite love story with yourself. I fucking promise you, the universe, God, whatever you wanna call it, the energy of love, will write a love story for you better than you can even comprehend with all the most magical twists and turns. Like, I promise you, I'm so passionate about that. I am a, always been a hopeless romantic. Um, but I think the idea of hopeless romanticism is, you know, it's kind of, well, it says it in the title, hopeless. And I feel like, you know, for me, my work, it's about marrying that. Like, I do believe in the old Hollywood movie romance, but not with all the shit and all the drama and all the heartache. Like, it doesn't need to be like that. And that sort of drama is not sustainable. Lord knows I've tried to make it so. So, uh, yeah, Joey Wilderness and I, the um, we got together, fell madly in love. Uh, and then a year after meeting our book, The Inner Fix, my, my Joey, also, sorry, confusing, isn't it? Met Joey, my um, boyfriend, now fiance, and my business partner and friend was also called Joey. And they also happened to live around the corner from each other in Queen's Park in London. That was just one of like the tip of the iceberg of weird coincidences. Anyway, the, our book, The Inner Fix, came out a year into me and Joey going out meeting. And actually, friend Joey and I, we kind of realized, shit, like, we're, we were so proud of that book. It is, what, it, like, I have to say, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. It really is. And we just realized that we kind of, that was sort of the end of our road together. We've been working together for four years. And we kind of wanted to go and do our own thing. And I knew for me that that was going to be purely focusing on relationships. Because, you know, being with Joe for, uh, my guy Joe for a year... I, you know, I'd learned so much and that's what I wanted to focus on. Um, so I became a love coach. I'd already trained in cognitive behavioral therapy, addiction studies, Reiki, all that sort of thing. And I just turned to put the focus on, on helping women transform their romantic lives as I had done. And I created a program called Get Your Soulmate um, to help women heal their love lives so they could go on to attract the right relationship for them as, you know, a healthy, soulful, lasting relationship in the chaos of the modern dating world. And I originally started working with women one-to-one -one, and the results they were getting were just incredible. So I turned it into a digital program about two and a half years ago. And, uh, that's, yeah, get your soulmate. And, it has been the most incredible journey. We've had several engagements. We've had babies. We've just, we've had so many beautiful unions. But what makes me even more excited is actually women uh, going on the journey that I did, which is like, you know what? As much as I desire that relationship right now, I know that what I need to focus on is developing that love story with myself and falling in love with myself. That is that for me is the the real magic because 
that's what it's about. It's not about getting the other part. It's not about getting someone. It's about becoming the partner that you want to be. Very different um, kind of approach to what I feel is out there in the mainstream media when we talk about dating and relationships. Um, so May of last year, 2019, my love, Joey Wilmers and I got engaged and then fucking COVID happened. We were supposed to get married this June. Uh, that's now moved to next July. God willing, that will still go ahead. Um, we have traveled the world together. We are have lived in London together. The flat that I'm recording this in right now, we are moving out. We uh, are moving into our dream home in the countryside um, near Guildford in a lovely little place called Cranley. And the way that that place came about was, again, another dream, the most unbelievable synchronicities. Like, it, it, God, since doing this work, seriously, my mind continues to get blown. That when you get out of your own way and you just focus on showing up as the best you can be, all of those things that you, you, you know, your biggest dreams, they just sort of happen of their own accord. Um, and for me, our relationship, fuck, it's just taught me so much. And I'm not going to lie, it's been so challenging at times. And I'd be lying if I'd said it wasn't. It's not all rainbow and unicorn, unicorn farts. Like it's definitely had some, you know, more grotesque human farts in there as well. So that's not a very nice visual, but it's true. And um, it's really learning how to navigate that. That's how a relationship becomes sustainable. How do you show up? when the going gets tough. And, you know, that journey, every year of our relationship has got better. Every year of my life has got better. And seeing that transformation in my own love life and in the thousands of women I've worked with is so powerful. It's my reason for getting up every morning. And it's the reason that I am doing this podcast. You know, this has been a long time in the making. And, you know, I'm going to speak about this a bit more in the next, in an upcoming sort of intro session called Why I'm Doing This Podcast. Look out for that. Um, but yeah, really, it's, it's, this journey has been everything for me. Um, it really, really, I can't put into words, like I'll, I'll get all emotional and sobby, but it's the, like, quite frankly putting that two stone on in two in two months like a decade ago I'm so fucking glad I did and I never thought I'd say that but the best thing that ever happened to me so if you are listening to this right now when you feel like you are not in a good place I want you to know that I see you I hear you I'm here for you this podcast is my way of giving back and showing you that it is possible to change it all around I've seen that with my parents I've seen that with myself I've seen that with so many of the women I've worked with that they come out the other side of the darkest time in their life and they go on to create just the most incredible life, the most incredible relationship, everything. It is possible to turn it around, trust me. So my love, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, to get to know me a bit more. I know we're gonna have such incredible fun in this podcast. And if you're serious about getting the healthy, happy lasting relationship that I know you deserve. I know it's going to, uh, this is going to 
I really believe this podcast is going to quickly become one of your favorite resources to help that become a reality. So if you want to go deeper and get extra support to up-level your love life, be sure to come and join my free Facebook group community, which is called Persia's Love Hub. You can just pop that into Facebook. We'll also pop that into the show notes below this episode. And uh, in that Facebook group, you will be the first to receive important updates and get your hands on bonus trainings and all sorts of other fun. I will see you there. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so that it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. And if you want to learn how to court consciously during COVID and call in the healthy, happy relationship you desire and deserve, don't forget to download my free audio training called The Fastest Way to Meet Your Soulmate over at getyoursoulmate.com forward slash free training. The link is also in the show notes for this podcast episode. So see you next week. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.